This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast brought to you by Daily Pastor. At Daily Pastor, we know that church leaders want to be better equipped for ministry. You need encouragement to not just survive, but thrive in the place where God has called you. Most training and resources don't really prepare church leaders for the challenges they will face. These real-world challenges can make you feel overwhelmed, underprepared, isolated, or burned out. We believe you don't have to face challenges alone. It is why Daily Pastor helps church leaders and volunteers find the encouragement and tools to thrive in ministry. Today we are talking about pursuing purity. This is the second part of a two-part episode. If you haven't had a chance to listen to the first part, uh, we'd encourage you to go listen now to part one of Pursuing Purity. I'm Kyle Willis, and as always, I'm joined with Dace Clifton. Dace, when I think about uh, Pursuing Purity, uh, I recall back to a way that I was bombarded even in my formative years with the movie Christmas Vacation. Um, Who's your favorite character from that movie? Well, it's got to be Cousin Eddie. There's no question about that. Uh, in the part of Texas that I'm from, you know, Cousin Eddie and people that behave like Cousin Eddie are a common phenomenon. And so, in fact, my sister, uh, sometimes even around the holidays, she refers to me. She calls me Cousin Eddie, and I'm not even <laughs> kidding about that. I don't know why, but uh, <laughs> so Cousin Eddie would be a good example there's a lot of things that we could look to him to not do. But in general, he's a pretty generous guy. And so maybe there's some things we could emulate. Maybe some things we couldn't. I don't know. He, he's certainly generous with other people's money. Maybe if you would quit rolling into town with your uh, RV and parking in the street, uh, someone else would think about that. The, the reason I bring that up is we're talking about pursuing purity. There was a, a scene, the Maliki Leaky Maka scene or, or whatever it is. Uh, we used to watch that around Thanksgiving, Christmas time with my family. Uh, my mom would always find something to distract me during that scene uh, while my Uncle Cliff would just die laughing with the best laugh you've ever had. Uh, he thought it was uh, great, but Malika Leaky Maka to you. Yeah, and likewise. And uh, in fact, uh, yeah, that scene, that probably is not recommended viewing or watching on this subject, I guess. But uh, nevertheless, uh, yeah, unfor- that's been an unfortunate Christmas classic for quite some time, certainly in our household. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. As we talk about pursuing purity, and this being the second part of a, a two-part series we're doing, in the first one you brought up uh, a verse that said, or you do not know that your body is a temple of the Holy Spirit within you, whom you have from God. You are not your own. You were bought with a price. So glorify God in your body. Now, I, I know you also talked about um, one of the first tips you had for how we focus on Christ. Uh, kind of bring this back up again, and, and let's talk about um, what our goals should be as we pursue purity. Yeah, you bet. Well, so, you know, I think the first thing that we've got to remember when we're talking about purity and holiness and living a pure life, living a holy li- holy life, God is holy. And so our holiness and our purity is not going to be you know, purely self-contrived, right? If I just try harder, if I just do better, then I'll be holy, then I'll be pure. That's the wrong way to start at this. And so the point, the primary point of what we talked about last time was when we're pursuing a life that honors Christ and and that's pure and free from sexual sin, instead of just exclusively focusing on the sin, on the struggle, on what I should not do, Instead, we need to focus on 
Christ, who I'm to become in him, who he says I am, not just trying to be better or trying not to do something. So the tip is simply this, focus on Christ, not the sin. Purity is going to grow in your life as God's influence and God's power grows in your life. And the only way God's influence and God's power is going to grow in your life is as you focus on him. Uh, You know, I mentioned that plants need sunlight and water. And if we're going to grow more and more like Jesus, then we've got to focus exclusively on him. And so focusing on Christ is, is not the whole picture to pursuing a life of Christ, but I'll say this, it's the most all encompassing and the first part and the most important part. Everything that we do from that point is just a, I guess what you might call um, a secondary to, to that all important thing, focus on Christ, not the sin. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that focusing on Christ is so important and there's, there's nothing more important than, than growing our relationship with him. But but what other tips can you provide, especially for those who have struggled for a long time, maybe even hurting, shackled by guilt? Uh, what else can they do? Well, the second thing, and I think this is so critical and it's biblical that we've got to confess the sin to another person or to one another. And so the second tip is simply this, confess the sin and the struggle to another person, preferably someone that Uh, has access to your life in a way that keeps you accountable, right? So I'm talking about somebody that you might be part of a Bible study group, a discipleship group, uh, something of that nature. The challenge that we have when we sin and when there are particularly when there are patterns of sin in our life, we don't want to let people know. We don't want to let people know that we're struggling with this because we're embarrassed by it. We're embarrassed not only by the fact that we've sinned, but also that it just continues to be a pattern in our life, particularly when it's we're talking about sexual sins or sins of lust and things of that nature. But the Bible talks about confessing our sins. In fact, James gives us some example of that, where to confess our sins one to another so that we could be healed. And, and there is just such a practical relevance and power to this. And I'll give you a quick real life example. Several months ago, I was preparing for a message and, and, and I was looking over my notes and I was reading commentaries. And just about the time I was about to type everything up and write my message, my mind was just being bombarded uh, by, by lustful thoughts. I mean, I was just really struggling. And to be honest with you, I, I hadn't there wasn't a particular activity that I was doing that brought it about, but there was just a real struggle. I was having a struggle in my mind with with my thoughts and and where my mind was going right at the time I was trying to prepare this sermon. And so I prayed about it. I asked God, God, would you help me? And then that passage came to mind that we're to confess our sins one to another. And I picked up my phone. I called a friend that was in my, my discipleship group, a group that I meet with regularly kind of to help cheer me on and hold me accountable. And I do the same for those guys. And I said, Hey, I'm trying to prepare for a sermon. I'm trying to prepare for this message. And my mind is just going left. I'm just struggling right now. Would you pray for me? We pray. And the guy responded, his name is Greg. He said, yeah, sure. Absolutely. He prayed for me. I prayed. And then when I hung up the phone, things were completely different. I can't explain to you why they were completely different, but I can assure you they were completely different. So confess the sin, the struggle to another person. Don't bear this alone. You're not supposed to bear this alone. Does God know? Yes. But are we just supposed to keep this all close to the chest? Absolutely not. 
Right. And we've talked about it before in earlier episodes about uh, the power of isolation and the fact that, um, you know, we, we really weren't supposed to do life in a bubble. And, and so I think that's uh, speaks to kind of what we're talking about here is that, um, hey, th- this particular battle is is not just your battle. We can fight it together. Mm-hmm. And, and so I, I appreciate that that practical advice. Uh, you know, what else? Because I, I know we, we talk about isolation, but um, I, I know you also talk about like closing the door and, and some of those things uh, that can really be a key to our purity. You bet. So the third tip is, I just call it simply close the doors. And so this is where you look at your life and you take an honest assessment of what is going on. What situations are causing you to stumble or what situations are you in that are kind of a catalyst for that? So if on your online usage, uh, your use of the internet, getting online, surfing the web, if that's an area that uh, increases temptation, then we've got to be wise about that. There really is no one key to purity, but there's multiple things that you can do. And so kind of in summary, just backing up a little bit, the first and primary thing is in all of this, I've got to focus on Christ, not the sin. Second, when I'm struggling with this, I've got to find accountability. I've got to find someone that I can trust and be transparent with about my struggles, about my difficulties. And for those of you that are pastors and senior pastors, I understand that some of us feel like, well, there's no one that I can trust and all of that. Well, you've got to find that person. You've got to find those people because your struggles, your problems are common to man. And just because you're a pastor or ministry leader, we've seen all too often, it doesn't matter. You're still going to struggle with these things. And so you've got to find that level of transparency and accountability. This third tip, though, closing the doors is where you get aggressive in closing the doors that provide an opportunity for you to sin. And so one of the things that that I highly recommend is a, a program, a software called Covenant Eyes. And if you're not familiar with Covenant Eyes, let me just tell you that that is wonderful accountability software. In fact, you know, if there's anybody that's listening that has had a prolonged battle and struggle with purity, particularly related to online usage, Covenant Eyes is a tremendous tool that's going to help you close those doors and stay accountable. It's an accountability software. Um, They take a, when, when there's, when you get online and there's content on there that is uh, pornographic or something of that nature, there's actually a screenshot that's taken and it's sent to your accountability partner. Now I recognize that, wow, that's a pretty aggressive step, but if this has been a prolonged battle and a prolonged struggle, sometimes we've got to get pretty radical. Kyle, have you heard about Covenant Eyes? I have, and I did not know about the screenshot. That's a new thing. But uh, s- several years ago, right, when when it kind of first came out, uh, it was like, here are all the links and, and all that other stuff. And, and sometimes it was, um, I can think of a particular incident where uh, our, our accountability partner, they had a new baby. And so they were looking up breastfeeding and stuff like that. And I was like, I don't, I don't care to know uh, all the stuff that you're looking at, but uh, it did provide accountability. I just be like, you know, shoot him an email. Hey, what's going on, man? You know, rough night. And, uh, but, but no, seriously, uh, it provides some great stuff. Yeah, absolutely. And so that's, that's certainly something, an option. I think that, that everybody that has any type of struggle with, Purity when it comes to online usage should look at Covenant Eyes. That's a great resource. If online activity is a problem in association with your purity, you can get a new email address. If you're getting spam and content that you know 
it keeps popping up and that's causing you to stumble. Hey, get a new email, move the computer to uh, a new location. If you've got a desktop in your home and there's a particular time where, man, you're really tempted after everybody goes to bed. Hey, change up the scenario, move the computer, uh, set safeguards, let everything that you do be done in the light. And, you know, my wife, she has unlimited access and complete access to my computer, to my search history, to my phone. And knowing that I don't delete history until the computer starts slowing down and we've got problems, you know, everything that I'm going to be doing, someone else can see. That encourages me in my online activity to to walk in the light, to only look at things that are going to glorify God, edify God and be pure because, the bottom line is with all of this stuff, if there's a crack, uh, if there's a compromise in your, your, your purity, I really believe the enemy can really try to drive a wedge in there and blow that up. And so we've got to be aggressive, whether it's covenant eyes, changing what you do online, making sure you've got accountability. Um, all of those safeguards need to be in place to close the door. That's really what we're talking about. Yeah, you mentioned uh, a couple things uh, there, even in terms of like moving the computer. I'll, I'll offer another practical advice is uh, maybe it's simply leaving your phone uh, out when you go to bed at night, when when you got to go to the bathroom, whatever, you know, leaving it out in a public spot. Uh, I don't think this has to be said, but if you have a burner account, okay, on, on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, whatever, uh, you're just setting yourself up for failure. And so I think uh, one of the ways that uh, church leaders can really fall in that is, is when they have secret apps or secret uh, account names. So um, take that step today. Go ahead and get rid of that burner account. Uh, I definitely think um, you'll be better for it. And let's be honest, uh, if you don't want to do it, if you look forward and go, hey, I really wish I had that, you can always add it back later. Uh, certainly wouldn't recommend it, but uh, I would just encourage you, go ahead and put some of those practical steps in place today to close the door. Kyle, if I could add one more thing, that's great advice. And there's a principle, I think, that that we can draw out of all of this. For the man and the woman of God, secrets are never a good thing, but discretion is always a good thing. And that's what we're talking about here. We're talking about making sure that there is nothing in our life that cannot be in the light. And so, yeah, the secrets have got to go and the discretion has got to come in. So to summarize this episode, uh, I think it's really pretty straightforward, but we don't win the battle against sin by focusing on it. We must focus on Christ first. We confess the sin and struggle to one another, and we close the doors. That can mean a lot of things, but basically it's about getting aggressive in our walk to kill opportunities and things that can cause us to stumble. So we hope you've enjoyed uh, this episode and this series on pursuing purity, especially in an impure age. And so we, we hope that if you're struggling in this area, that you'll reach out to someone. Uh, reach out to us. We want to pray for you and cheer you on in, in your mission to follow God and serve His kingdom. So start by sending us an email and we will pray for you as well as send you some additional resources that we recommend. You can email us at thedailypastor at gmail.com. That's right. And thanks again for listening. We'd also be honored if you'd share this episode with someone else in your circle of influence. And as always, we hope you've been encouraged by this episode. We're here to help encourage and inspire church leaders in their ministry. Go for it. Have a great day. 
Here's how Daily Pastor supports church leaders. First, register your email to get access to our latest content. Second, subscribe to our podcast and follow us on social media. Third, get the encouragement and tools you need. This is a Thriving in Ministry podcast.